TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. It's time for some chin music. Hey, Aunt, how about a warning? Sure. Watch out you don't get killed. <laughs> because sometimes in baseball, you've got to send a strong message, especially when someone has it coming. Each Saturday, David and Bruce come in high and tight with a response to something that deserves one, like this. Welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse. Earlier this week, Jed Hoyer submitted this entry for the Chin Music uh, discussion this week. Jed Hoyer was... Talking at the in the Cubs uh, dugout before a game against the Pirates, and was asked a question about whether or not this season would be successful if they did not make the playoffs. And I, I feel like that's a question for the end of the season. However, you know where you know, hopefully you know it's, it's late, um, you know. But um, I don't think it's the right time to answer stuff like that. I feel like we're all, um, you know, I think we. We've all really enjoyed so many aspects of this season. Obviously, we've as much as we've enjoyed them, as as much as we were uh, disappointed in the last ten days. I think it's been a little bit of a roller coaster of a season with the early season, and then the kind of May June swoon, and then great baseball for like three months, and then this struggle. So it's been an up kind of up and down roller coaster type season with a lot of real positives. But I think as far as like I'm not ready to have any kind of perspective. I just want to win four series in a row so um, I think that's how, kind of how I'm looking at it but um, you know you can ask me that hopefully in a month Bruce I understood where Jed Hoyer is coming from what did you think of the response well you're supposed to answer the hard part of this first all right you want me to answer it I'll, I'll tell you what I think no, I, I, I'm, no of course look um, I think anytime that uh, we talk to Jed Hoyer he's the smartest person we're talking to because the non-answer at that point is the right answer. However, however, comma, there is no reason not to say that regardless of the outcome, that this has been, in my opinion, a successful year for the Chicago Cubs. Why? Well, if they fail to make the playoffs, that's always looked at as a bad year by a fan base. But when you look from an organization point of view for the future of the fans and the team, they promoted, I count, my last count was 16 different players from the farm system over this year that have contributed at one time or another to helping this team move forward. That is a huge number for the Chicago Cubs or any Chicago team 
to uh, look at and say, some of these players are going to be not just people we look back to and use as trivia questions 10 years from now. They actually will be functional parts of the future for the Chicago Cubs. And I think that can't be lost uh, on the fact uh, if, if you're not making a, uh, a, a second or third wild card uh, entry into a season and you're winning somewhere between uh, 80 and 85 games in a season, regardless of that, promoting these young players and moving them forward, I think that's the key to why this is a good season. Well, that's the way you rationalize it, Bruce. That's what I, you, I don't rationalize no, anything. I just, I, I'm I, just telling I, you that's I that, at, that's what it is look. though. I, and I and I am with you. Jed Hoyer did not have to answer that question because it's impossible to answer that now. What you just said is going to be true, whether they win or lose, and and or get into the playoffs or not. And I think that is how you help help soften the blow, absorb the pain, however you want to describe it. But Jed didn't answer because, of course, he's going to feel crushed if they don't get into the playoffs after having a four-game lead about two weeks ago. That is what makes this so difficult when, when you have the expectations raised. Everything in life is about expectations. The Cubs didn't have any coming into this season. So when they end it and all the things that you just described happen, you're like, yeah, that's great. But here's but now yeah. they, 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 they got they, they drew us in. And if they don't finish the job, it's going to feel like failure. Yeah. And and again, you cannot and I, I do I do say it's it was the right answer for this reason as well. You cannot accept the negativity of what might happen before it does happen. Okay? You right. just can't allow right. that. It it can't permeate into the coaches and the manager's office into the player's room, uh, into your fan base's mindset of, oh, okay, you're ready to you're ready to to apologize for not making the playoffs already by telling us these players are going to be good in the future and we should be just happy that uh, we had something to cheer for up to the last game of the season. What you heard was an experienced, savvy executive who understands the power of perception and the way it affects reality. And he answered it in a way that didn't dismiss it, was very honest. But you're right, Bruce. Imagine imagine if he had said, you know, if we don't – imagine if he had articulated what I just said. If we don't, it's a failure. And because that increases the, the pressure, that doesn't need right. increased. That, that puts something out there that he doesn't need to put out there. And I think he's – savvy enough to know that and so it was a question that I understand why it was asked because we're all talking about it and it's a it's a great topic for conversation for Cub fans and talk radio hosts and columnists but I just don't think it's the appropriate time to answer it and he got ahead of it by saying what he said yeah and who asked it you know Sully asked it of course of course so so you know Sully being the savvy 35 year (laughs) veteran of an award-winning writer that he is for all these years. He's he's asking the question that's uh, going to get him a, a great story to write and an, an interesting Chicago story. Steve Greenberg of the Sun-Times asked a similar question down the line. They're looking not to, not to make the guy look bad, 
but to looking for a, a meaty story that, that resonates with Chicago fans because they know the heartbeat and they know the pulse of what Chicago fans, and in particular in this case, Cub fans worry about with the season on the line and uh, the knowledge that uh, they may or may not make the playoffs. So, Bruce, I do think that we just described how it was handled well and skillfully by Jed Hoyer. I also want to address you know, what we think of how we would answer that because I do wonder <laughs> if, if you agree because I, I, I feel I, like – I feel like I, I just, what I just said is, is true, and, and you can't help how you respond to things, but I will have a negative reaction to what happened with the Cubs season the day after, the week after, a month after uh, it ends if they don't get into the postseason because I just feel like now they, they trained us to expect more, and they accomplished a lot, but now I want to see them finish the job. And I hate the choke word. But that will be thrown around a lot if the Cubs are not able to get into the postseason. Yeah, you know what? I, my answer would have been, we're going to the playoffs and that's it. You know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, they could play that back over and over again if we don't. But let's, let's look at the reality of the situation. The Cubs have been a tremendous story since July. But we're talking about a team that's won 80 games with eight games left in the season, Okay. We're not talking about a juggernaut. We're talking about a team that's played well and has earned uh, a chance to go to the playoffs uh, toward the end of the season here. That's a, that's a testament to Ross and his coaches and the players themselves. We're not talking about the uh, 1998 or 2000 New York Yankees, okay? That, that's not this team right now. They are fighting for their life. They're fighting to get in. Anything can happen if you do get in. But the reality is, is that this has been a, a little above-average team that has intrigued everybody by the way they fought and tried to get into the wild card as it's set up right now. Still an 80-win 80, 80 team. It's got a long way to go to be a consistent winner in the National League. It's on its way. This is a nice step forward. Regardless of what they do in the playoffs this year, they still have a lot of roles to fill going forward. And it's not a finished product. So I think I, I, I liked Hoyer's answer. At the same time, I didn't like Hoyer's answer because I would prefer that the guy says, yeah, the way we're playing, the team we are, we're going to the playoffs, and that's it. Power you know, so, of positive thinking. Yeah, right. I, I understand where you're coming from. And right, that, but, that, that would have been fine with me because uh, I, I think that you, you never want to fault anybody for being overly enthusiastic or confident in, in their team, in their organization, whatever the case may be. But you don't, you don't look, want to look like a, a, a talk show host at the end, and you want to be honest about where you're at, and that's why Jed Hoyer is the president of baseball operations for the Chicago Cubs, not me. Next time I <laughs> – next, my next job. Next job. Well, yeah. last, last thought on that before we get to the phone lines. I firmly believe that if the Cubs get into the postseason, as we're talking about, to me, it doesn't matter what they do when they get there. Maybe ah, that, that's where we differ. Well, I, we, we can we can disagree, Bruce. If yeah. we didn't disagree, I'm not sure that we would have this show because no, no. It's I what mean, gets you, me up every Saturday in, morning the chance to disagree with you, well, David. Once you're in, you got to be the Philadelphia Phillies of 2022. Okay, the the worst record in both leagues going into the playoffs and uh, missed by winning the World Series by two games. That's, okay, 
that's what you gotta. That's what you gotta be once you get in. You can be that, and it might happen. I'm just not gonna hold them to that standard necessarily because I think that getting you, you know you covered the Bears too long. <laughs> oh wow! Well, you're not wrong there either because I, maybe I just don't know how to handle a playoff run. That's the problem because it's such a. A foreign concept at Hallis Hall. 312-644-6767. We're going to go back to the score listener line and get some of your thoughts. Bob is in Arlington Heights. Good morning, Bob. Welcome to the program. Good morning. I'm, I'm with you guys. I I, will, I told Sean this. Anything short of making the playoffs, given the last three weeks, I'm going to view it as, you know, the entire season so far had a continuum going, and it was progression. Now it's regression toward the mean. So, you know what? Yes, it's been exhilarating. I'm too old to let them break my heart. They broke my heart in 69 and 84 and 89, 03. And even Joe Madden tried to break my heart in game seven. But you know what? I'm too old to get my heart broken anymore. I just think, like you said, David, finish the job. And, you know, and Bruce, with all due respect, you know, if they get in and do well, fine, but finish the job and get in because I don't want to hear from my friends on the south side all year. Well, you know, at least we didn't have to worry about it. You know, I want to be worrying about it next Saturday night. So um, thanks, Bob. That's a great I love phone your call. Show. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. The difference in Cub fans and, and Sox fans is the Cub fans, in my humble opinion, worry about it. White Sox fans get in your face and say, "Why didn't you? Why didn't you win?" Mm-hmm. Okay, so th- there, hmm. there's a distinct difference, and and I I love both sets of fans, but there's they're so different in, in how they react to what's going on with their teams. Bruce, let me ask you this: from a baseball standpoint, the players who are out there on a daily basis, the Cub team that looked pretty tired. Uh, when they had lost 10 of 13 games before Friday's victory over the Rockies at Wrigley Field. Do you think that that kind of pressure, that kind of, the kind of things we're talking about affected their play? I didn't think that until maybe the loss on, was it Thursday, when Ian Happ slid and dropped the, the, the fly ball that you know was a single, and Dansby Swanson struck out with the bases loaded, and then he, he botched a double play grounder. I wondered if that could be attributed to some of the, the tightness, but I don't know. Have you seen signs of the Cubs cracking with the pressure, no. or do you think they're just dealing with it? No, I, I, I don't see signs of dealing with the pressure being a problem. I see signs of fatigue, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, Swanson, outside of being on the uh, IL for nine games, has only missed four games all year, okay? He's known as the guy that plays 162. But it's obvious over the last couple of weeks that fatigue has set in and some easy ground balls have been botched by him, okay? It's not normal because he's going to win the gold glove at shortstop. He's been the best shortstop in the major leagues this year. He's been unbelievably consistent and really good. But take that, take that, take that game where he struck out and he made the error, and then he came back and he got a hit, and then he hit a, a home run, okay? There is no... Uh, there is no doubt that he is a winner. They have winners in that locker room. Hoyer and company did a job of bringing in winners on that team. Some of them they had to let go because their games were behind them, like Hosmer uh, had to be let go. 
you know, um, you know, like Mancini had to be let go because their 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 tools had deteriorated. Congratulations to them for identifying it and doing it. But guys like Bellinger, uh, guys like Swanson, guys that have been on championship teams before, there's I don't see any sign of getting tight at all. Only thing I see is 162 games wearing on them just like they do on everybody else on the other 29 teams. Another cup question for you, Bruce, because I think this will come up after the Rockies leave town and ideally after the Cubs sweep the Rockies. With the Braves and the Brewers, who will be in positions to to get their rotations in order to get their guys' quality work? We heard from Craig Council earlier this week. He's not going to change his approach after the Brewers get into the postseason. Do you think that it will be – do you think there will be any effect on the way the, the Braves and the Brewers approach those games that will benefit the Cubs in any way or will be negligible? Yeah, no, I think, I think you're onto something for sure. David, uh, I was listening to Craig Council's pregame show yesterday, uh, and he said – he was asked directly about how he'd use his staff. He said, uh, our guys like the routine, so my starting pitchers are going to go out there. Are they going to pitch deep into games next week? No. Okay, so there's going to be that opportunity, I think, both in Atlanta and Milwaukee – for the Cubs to fight through those first four innings or five innings where they're pitching top pitching and then uh, win the, the, the uh, innings six, seven, eight, and nine and, and win those important games for themselves. So I know it's, it's hard to structure out how you're going to win a baseball game, but they got, they got to hang with it with uh, some of their tougher pitchers that they're going to see that are just getting in their work before the playoffs and then try to win those games late. That That's how it's going to uh, shake down for the Cubs next week when they play Atlanta 3 and then Milwaukee 3 in Milwaukee. Eight games left in this season. Marcus Stroman on the mound today. Pre-game right here on the score at 1245 on the score and the Xfinity Cubs radio network. That's going to be a moment. That is going to be the Stroh show back at Wrigley Field. Can hardly wait for that. Let's squeeze in a quick phone call before we take a break and get ready for Pedro Grafola going to join us at 10.30. Steve is in Winnetka. Steve, welcome to Inside the Clubhouse. Yeah, good morning, guys. Um, you know, I, I love this season because it, it's somewhat unexpected. You know, it was you, you were hoping the team was going to be somewhere around 500, and that's actually pretty much where they are, just a little bit above. But um, I'm thankful that the, the Cubs management did not sell off a bunch of relief pitchers and Cody Bellinger and Marcus Stroman. Um, because they've given us two months of enjoyment, of great entertainment and hope, and it's been a blast. And, of course, now there's a lot of tension and everything, but I remember back to the Cardinals team that only went 83 and 79 and then won the World Series. You never know. There's going to be no pressure on this team if they make the playoffs, and I think that they're going to. Um, I'll be up in Milwaukee next Saturday um, for that uh, that game, and – I just I'm behind them. I, I want to see um, this happen because I, I think there's a lot of good talent on this team. And if if they get hot like that Cardinals team, remember the White Sox in 2005 down the stretch, how bad they were in September. Yes. And then in the playoffs, they went on a great run. All right. So you never know. Maybe they just get hot at that exact right time. Steve, great phone call. Great enthusiasm. Bruce, I like the way he's thinking. I don't know that I 
I, I'm there yet, but I just want the Cubs to get in so we have something to talk about and, and consider whether that makes sense or not. Just get in. Well, I, I'm, I'm with him. I, I think it's been a great season for the Chicago Cubs. It's not going to be a satisfying season if they don't go into the playoffs. I agree with you on that. But there is a lot of positivity going forward. And look, you'll hear from Cub fans going back to the late 50s. And you heard about, you know, the Mo Drabowskis and the Dave Hillmans and uh, Dick Ellsworths that were going to take you to, uh, you know, being better than the Braves and Dodgers and during that period of time. So you'll, you'll hear that. But I, I just think they're on the right track. And I, what Steve said, I, I think he rounded it up nicely. Very well done. We've got an announcement from the White Sox who tweeted out this morning that Monday's White Sox-Diamondbacks game has been rescheduled to Thursday. The White Sox are offering fans $1 tickets and free parking on Thursday. It's going to be Monday's game played Thursday, September 28th at 1.10 p.m. At, uh, at Guaranteed Rate Field for a dollar and free parking. Due to rain along the East Coast, Major League Baseball has moved the Sox-Diamondbacks game to accommodate scheduling at the end of the regular season. Parking lots and gates will open at noon. It's a, as a thank you to fans for their support this season. The White Sox are going to offer the reduced tickets at $1 apiece to the rescheduled afternoon game, and it's free parking so everybody needs to get on board with that, Bruce. It's free baseball, essentially. Season ticket holders, a premium season ticket holders, and individual suite holders with tickets for Monday's game will receive credit to their accounts. All those things, if you have questions, go to whitesocks.com. It is basically moving Monday to Thursday, and you get in for a buck. Not a bad deal, Bruce. And it's a playoff team that the Cubs are uh, battling against in the Arizona Diamondbacks, so... Will Cub fans be out there watching the Diamondbacks lose against the White Sox? That's going to be interesting to watch. And it's a relevant game. You're exactly right. And the Sox have to bring their best. And we will talk to their manager next about how much they have left. Pedro Grafol joins us on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's better after investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. 670 the score. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw. 
In the air, left center field, toward the alley, and he got enough to get it out. He got the slider. He swung through a fastball, and Adon said, you know what, I'm going to go with the slider. And Luis, with his 36th, he's now driven in 78, and he just goes down and gets it. You know, we've talked about it. He's so strong that when he swings the bat, it doesn't even look like he's swinging it hard. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, David Hall, Bruce Levine, until 11 o'clock. Thank you, NBC Sports Chicago, for that highlight of one of the bright spots on the White Sox during a difficult season. Luis Robert Jr. on his way to maybe hitting 40 home runs, and that would be quite an accomplishment for the center fielder for the White Sox. Time now to go to our guest hotline presented by Circa Resort Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, where we find the White Sox manager, Pedro Grafol. Good morning, Pedro. Thank you for joining us. Good morning, guys. How are you? Doing well, and we do appreciate your time. It's been a difficult season. Let's start there, Pedro. I, I think at this stage, when you have eight games left, and it has been as as tough as it seems from the outside, what will be your feeling when the season is over relief regret somewhere in between what will the emotions be when you finally get to through game 162 well as a competitor I don't think there'll be any uh relief I mean I'd like to get it started again and you know from zero and 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 continue going but um you know but when the season's over you know obviously will be it could be a time for for all of us you know myself included to you know reflect back and um put our thoughts together and put my thoughts together on things that uh, we certainly need to uh, improve on, you know, for next year and, and get this thing right. Pedro, uh, uh, Bruce, uh, thanks for joining us today. Really appreciate it. And uh, I, I just have to ask you, um, how uncomfortable have some of these situations been for you? You've handled things uh, a lot, especially since Kenny and uh, Rick, were let go in their positions uh, more than most managers have to take on. How comfortable were you taking on questions that would normally be thrown at uh, presidents of uh, baseball organizations and general managers once they were relieved in, in between the time that Chris came on? Uh, you've, you've had to take on an awful lot this year. You know what, Bruce? Um, that's a good question. Uh, obviously, uh, those are two great men in the game. They've done a lot of great things here. And for that to happen in the middle of the season um, was unfortunate. Um, it, it's, I wouldn't say that um, I was uncomfortable answering questions, um, but uh, it was difficult. Um, just, you know, I met, I met everyone here five, five months ago or, you know, not five, but maybe seven months ago. And, um, you know, we quickly established relationships and, and just to see two guys and that have been here a long, long time, you know, uh, walk out of the building knowing that they're not going to be White Sox again was uh, wasn't was extremely difficult to see. And the reason is we, we didn't we didn't meet our expectations. So I I would I would say it was it's probably more difficult to answer questions on, you know, not meeting expectations. Um, you know, and then being uncomfortable, you know, sitting there answering questions you know, on uh, Rick and Kenny because, you know, those guys are, are really good baseball guys. And um, they did they did a lot of great things here in Chicago. They brought a world championship in 2005, and that's that's really hard hard to accomplish. And uh, that that day was, 
it was a difficult day and you know and it hurt to watch them go they gave me my first opportunity the news was sudden and surprising when it happened pedro and i think that they moved quickly and they did name chris gets we know that you had a, a previous relationship with with chris gets and i just wonder did you feel like after he got the job, did you have to make your case to to come back? He did announce shortly after he took the job that you were returning, regardless of how the season ended up, regardless of what happened. Did you feel like you had to sell yourself to somebody you knew well? Uh, never felt that way, um, you know. And partly it's because I just I just focus on my job and what and what I have to do. Um, on a daily basis and and that's just you know manage this ball club and prepare this ball club to um you know to play a game you know that day um you know obviously i've known chris for for a while i, I met him in 2013 when i was uh, the assistant hitting coach over there in, in kansas city and you know i always knew that um you know after he was done playing that he was going to have a chance to stay in the game whether it was in the dugout or in the front office he had you know the presence and the capabilities of doing both and he chose the front office and he quickly went into the Kansas City front office and you can tell right away that you know that he's that he had a bright future in front of him and um obviously when he left Kansas City and left us over there that was uh, you know that was a blow to us because um we thought that we all thought that uh, he had a bright future so and it worked out for him he came to a really good organization where he was able to become director of player development and run that and I think everybody's heard me talk about, you know, being director of player development. I think it prepares you for really anything in the game. Uh, there's just so many things going on, you know, at the same time that it, it really prepares you for, for this next hurdle that, that he's taken on. So I just focused on my job, and, and that was to, to manage this ball club. And I'm happy to see him get this opportunity. He's uh, uh, deserving of it, and I know he's going to do a great job. Uh, you were pushed into a situation, not pushed, but you, I, I know you were thrilled to get the job, but you were put into a situation where um, Tony La Russa had left it off uh, before you, but you, you come into a situation where you have a lot of talented position players, but very few that know how to play a team game of baseball. And by that, I'm not disparaging them or saying that they're not good. Uh, they have great skills. Some of them are um, multi-dimensional. Some are not. But what's what seems to have been missing is that they don't know how to play team baseball. How difficult, if you believe that to be true, in some cases, how difficult is it for you as a baseball teacher and a baseball coach and a baseball manager to get them to play team baseball and not to the, have that. Uh, basically rub off on new players that come in? You know what, part, part of that is true. Uh, I think our mindset has to, uh, I'm not going to sit here and, and try to defend that whatsoever. I think our mindset has to change here uh, to where uh, the most important thing is winning a baseball game and whatever it takes that night to win a game, um, whether it's you know on the offensive side or, or on the pitching end or defensive side, um, we have to be able to separate offense and defense and focus on both, uh, regardless of what's going on on the other on the other side. Um, I think we have to be um, we have to get better, way better on that on that front, and focus on <clears throat> how to win a baseball game. Um, you know, and, and that you're not you're, you're not wrong when you say that. Um, however, you know there are some things that have happened this year that you know we we don't 
we you know we don't talk about or or uh, have addressed in you know through the media that has prevented some of that. Um, but uh, we do have to get better as a ball club and as individuals and and focus on just winning baseball games and everything else will take care of itself. I'm a true believer in you know when you're winning all all individual accolades that that you that you set forth upon yourself will probably be achieved. You know, winning teams, um, you know, winning teams not only develop, you know, great winning players, but, you know, MVPs and silver sluggers and gold gloves come out of of most winning teams. And that's what it takes to win every single night. Joined by White Sox manager Pedro Grafol on Inside the Clubhouse for another few moments. David Haw, Bruce Levine until 11. Pedro, you have 96 losses. You've got eight games left in this season. We talk about it, and obviously in the media, fans may discuss it with their friends at the bar. How important is it to you to avoid losing 100 games this year? Guys, I don't really focus on that. I've been asked that a couple times here in the last week or so. Um, You know, 99 losses, 100 losses, I mean – it's it's not acceptable, you know. Whether it's whether it's 100 or it's 90 or it's 99, I don't, I don't really focus on that too much. Um, I focus on trying to win today's baseball game, and if we don't, prepare for tomorrow's game. And I've said this, I truly mean this. Um, you know that that number of 100 um, that everybody makes a big deal about. I, I don't. I mean, what's the difference between 99 and 100? It's still, you know, it, it's it's still um, a number that. Um, we never saw coming. It's a number that uh, we we don't want to be there again, um, and those are the and those are the things that that we have to focus on. You know, improving every single day, making sure that we change the mindset here to a winning mindset, and uh, and never experiencing the storm that we've experienced this year. Pedro, this is a hard question to ask because I, I'm a I'm a big fan of Tim Anderson's as a person and as a player. I think he's a 300 hitter that hit a uh, little. Uh, bump in the road this year and will be back to 300 hitter. But um, my contention is that he would be somebody's best second baseman in baseball and that he's not a shortstop. I know putting a manager in a position of saying his shortstop's not a shortstop is not a comfortable thing to ask. But from the perspective of the organization, um, uh, the shortstop position is so important. Uh, do you Do you think that he can improve to the point of being – more efficient on the regular plays, or would another position for Tim be more ideal? Well, um, here's the deal with that. I, I think he certainly uh, can improve, um, just because his work ethic is is really really good. Um, you know, that's something that a lot of people don't see. But he gets in here really early, uh, not af- not afraid to sweat, not afraid to take instruction. Um, he gets after it, and he get and he is. Um, certainly committed uh, to becoming the best shortstop that he can that he can become. Having said that, you know he's got he's a, he's a very good athlete. Um, he's got versatility, <clears throat> something that probably you know at some point he's thought of because you know he did it in the WBC. Um, so and that's and that's something that um, he's got going for himself. You know that um, you know that if if he wants to move over or you know he certainly can, but I am I'm a believer that um, that his commitment, his work ethic, his drive to be really good, uh, he can certainly improve there at uh, continue to improve there at shortstop, 
you know, and be a and continue to be a really good major league shortstop. On the hitting end, you know, I'm I'm confident that um, that he's going to be a 300 hitter again. You know, I believe in him. Like I said, his work ethic is 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 really really good. That's something that I've been impressed with uh, this year. I mean, he gets here early and he, he puts the work in, guys. So, um, like I said, defensively, I think he's committed to being the best shortstop that he can possibly be. But to his to his athletic ability. Um, you know, he can really play anywhere in the game. I mean, anywhere on the field um, that he chooses to just because he's such a great athlete. Last thing before we let you go, prepare for today's game against the Red Sox with Dylan Cease on the mound out in Boston. Pedro, I appreciate your time. So you came in, and I can remember the opening press conference and then spring training, and it was about how great of a communicator you were going to be and how that was one of the biggest things that stood out during the interview process. What have you learned about the challenge of communicating with major league players or about communication in general in this, your first season? Well, I, that's one area that I think that, uh, that we've done a good job in this, this year, the communication part, you know, um, you know, I've communicated with every player. Sometimes, you know, we've had conversations that were difficult. Sometimes they were, they were good. Um, our coaches have communicated with players, um, that's one area I think that um, that we've done a pretty good job in. Um, you know, obviously, um, it's an area that when you're not winning, um, can be thrown, you know, in the back burner to not as important because what what what's important up here is just wins and losses. But um, you know, we'll continue to con- communicate. Um, I'm a good listener. I listen to these guys. I I listen to what they feel we need to Im- to uh, improve on. Um, they all got opinions, uh, which is a really good thing. They all want to win, and they they feel like we need to do you know a few things that differently that's going to help us move in the right direction. So I'll continue to listen. I you know part of being a really good communicator is is being a good listener. So you know at this point we're having our our conversations here on, and I'm listening to them on ways that they feel that we can do things a little better to get us back on a winning track, and that's what we'll continue to do. Pedro, thank you so much for your time. You got it. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. White Sox manager Pedro Grafol. Bruce, he has had a tough job. It's been a long season, and he isn't going to feel relief at the end of it, it sounds like. Sounds like he just wants to get started again just because of how how tough it's been this first year when the Sox are on pace to they, – they've got to go 5-3 and three to avoid losing 100 games. And whether he says it or not, it's going to leave a mark if they do. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm fine with 100 losses. It's just, it's just going to emphasize how far they have to go to be a good team again and a good organization. And uh, look, I, I thought he was pretty, uh, pretty honest about the fact that uh, when I brought the, up the premise that uh, he's got good players who don't play a team game all that much, and how do you, how do you change that? Well, it's going to be up to Chris Getz in the offseason to move some of those players and bring in some more players. Uh, that are uh, more athletic and more involved in winning team games by being good team players. Uh, the the individuals stand out too much on the Chicago White Sox. It's not a team. It's more a group of individuals. The Cubs have a lineup. We'll tell you what it is when we come back to wrap things up here on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw. Welcome back. Closing things up here on Inside the Clubhouse. Bruce, we have a Cubs lineup today. 
you probably already know it if you didn't help make it out. I'm guessing you were, you know, there with Rossi saying, okay, Rossi today. Rossi doesn't want to bother me in days where I have to do this show. <laughs> okay, so. well, that's good. I'm glad that he could let you focus. <laughs> and you have been tremendously focused today, Bruce. I really, really appreciate that. Mike Tuckman leading off, playing center. Nico Horner at second. Ian Happen left. Cody Bellinger at first. Seiya Suzuki, red hot in September, playing right field. Dansby Swanson after that. Christopher Morell DHing today. Jan Gomes catching today. And at third base, Dustin Rhodes. I hope he's not listening or driving. He might swear off the road. At third base, Miles Masterboni and the pitcher. As David Ross announced when he dropped the mic at the end of Friday's press conference, it will be Marcus Stroman. The Stro Show is back at Clark and Addison. Bruce, this is exciting. If you've been paying attention, Miles Masterboni has had some really good at-bats and has played well in the field. So even though he's not a household name, um, Bruce, Bruce, people, I, I think you just told me what? to watch the film. Yeah, I'm just, I'm telling you, just because the guy is not a household name doesn't mean he hasn't been a good contributor. He I has. get it. When's Candelario coming back? He will be back as early as tomorrow. Wow. So, uh, that is uh Good news. And uh, the other news that we reported uh, two days ago was that there is a uh, chance that um, Albert Edward Alzale will be uh, ready to pitch as early as next Friday in Milwaukee. Keep the news so, flowing, the good news flowing, Bruce. What about Cody Bellinger? When's he coming back, like, to the Cubs, like, with a new contract? That's a great question. <laughs> and it can only be answered by him and Scott Boros, his agent. Uh so, uh, you know Scott pretty well. Uh, give him a call. Tell him that uh, the Cubs have one, uh, let's see, they have a month of exclusive ability to negotiate a contract beyond 2023 with Bellinger. Uh, get it done. From all indications, everybody I've talked to, Bellinger and his wife love Chicago. They want to stay here. They want to see that happen. Um Will Scott um, take him to free agency, being this close to it? David, if you're his agent right now, how do you talk him out of uh, out of taking a deal? He can be a superstar uh, of, here. He could be yeah. a real special player for a very long time and do a lot of winning. That's what I would tell right. him if I'm Cody Bellinger and if I'm Scott Boris. I, I have to be reminded that I work for the client. I work for the player. The player doesn't work for me. But uh, money talks and BS walks, yeah. right? Okay, Bruce. So, I, come on. I thought we were going to have a happy ending. Come on. I think we end the show a, with a, on an up, upbeat note. This is not a Disney show. <laughs> okay? Last thing, Bruce. Jordan Wicks, they moved him to tomorrow in terms of starting pitchers. That means he won't be piggybacking Stroman today. How do you interpret that? I interpret it as a, uh, an extra day for everybody involved and a, a very good thing, especially with a uh, – an off day on Monday, uh, David Ross should have a fresh group of guys uh, going into that crucial last week of the season. I like it. Mark Grody follows us. He's got Jim Deshays. We can talk about this. Also, Hub Arkish will join Grody. He's filling in until Cubs pregame at 1245 when it will be another big moment at Wrigley Field. First pitch, 120, Marcus Stroman against the Colorado Rockies. Bruce, this was a lot of fun today. We got PCA. We had Pedro Graffold. We had all of your great thoughts and opinions. Thank you for putting it all together. Thank you to Sean Sears as well. This has been a fun show. David, always a pleasure working with you. People can follow me on Twitter, 
MLB Bruce Levine on our website, 670thescore.com. Have a great week. We thank everybody, and uh, we will see you next Saturday live from Milwaukee. Cannot wait. Grody time is next here. Thank you for listening to Inside the Clubhouse on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Marcus Stroman will start tomorrow. Just be cool. Just be cool. Everyone be cool. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love. Hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.